Welcome to another episode of Awaken the Kingdom Within. Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of Awaken the Kingdom Within. Today I want to share with you a very special guest, uh, Tony Lewis Noble. She is a certified professional trainer, a nutrition consultant, a woman of faith, and an author of a book that I feel everyone should read called It's Never Too Late, The Journey to Healthy Living. Uh, I've known Tony uh, my entire life. Our parents were um, dear friends, and I've watched her grow and mature and follow her path uh, and her passion, which is for fitness. She's committed her life to not only learning about fitness, but taking the journey herself. And I believe when you listen to her, you will feel what resonates with her is a desire to share her journey and encourage someone else to begin theirs. In her book, she shares with us the stories of various individuals and their journey toward health and wellness. And the ages range from 40 to almost 70. And what she's emphasizing here is it doesn't matter what age we are. What matters is that we put ourselves in line with all the other priorities that we have, that we make sure that while we're scheduling everyone else's needs and making sure they're taken care of, to make sure we take care of ourselves. It is important for us to have a good, healthy lifestyle so that we can thrive. And for those of us of faith, it's important because we're here for a purpose and we want to make sure that we're able to fulfill it. And part of that is to maintain our health. I had an opportunity to sit down with Tony and discuss um, the book and how she came to write it and what is so important she feels about health and wellness. And I believe you're going to enjoy our discussion. If you want to follow up and follow Tony, I encourage you to do so. You can follow her at True Faith Fitness. That's T-R-U, no E, faithfitness.com. And you can also follow her on T-Class 1 on Instagram. I invite everyone to join me as we welcome Tony Lewis Noble to Awaken the Kingdom Within. I'm excited um, and just honored to be here to be able to share with you a little bit about um, what I'm passionate about and just to talk about um, the book. Um, to be honest with you, the inspiration for the book, originally, I wrote another book before this book. That book was done. And I actually have the book here. It's, it will not be out until later this year. The first book I wrote was a 31-day wellness devotional. And I was in the Bahamas on my way back home from vacation, standing in line, getting on my plane. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, there's another book that you need to put out before you put out the devotional. And I was just like, like, I'm exhausted from this book. So I, I'm like, what are you talking about? And that's, but that's where I literally was standing in line in, in the Bahamas when the inspiration for this book um, hit me. 
And I told one of my friends, I said, this, 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 I said, the Lord just spoke to me and I, and I shared with her the idea. She said, you got to do it. Um, and so what I, what, what I did was literally though, then I had to go out and seek people out that I had watched change their lives through health and wellness, ask them, would they agree to share their journey with me in this book? Um, and one of the things that I wanted to do, and I thank God that he has allowed me to see it come to pass, was when I wrote this book was I wanted people to be able to see and read some stories about realistic people, not these celebrities, not these fitness influencers, or these, you know, because we sadly with social media, we see so much out there that is not real. These, these perfect pictures, these airbrushed pictures, these filtered pictures, these people that, that have, you know, people that come to their house and do all these things for them. And all they do literally is, is sleep and, and, and go to the bathroom and everything else is done for them. But I wanted people to be able to read some stories about some people that they could relate to that have transformed their lives, not through magic, not through diet pills, not through surgery, but through just really putting in the hard work. Um, and I, because I'll, I often believe that, that especially with social media, you know, we, will, we are so quick to share our victories but we struggle in silence. And so a lot of times we see people and we want, I want to be like that. Well, you don't even really know what their life is like. You don't know how they got, you know, where they are and what it takes. And so one of the things that I, that I prayed about when I was writing this book, I said, God, I want people to be able to read this book and see themselves in one of these journeys, if not maybe more. And I have gotten so many responses from people from DMs and texts saying, oh my God, I see myself in journey one. I see myself in journey three. I see myself in, in, in several different journeys because we just are, we are, we are inundated with so much false information um, right now. And, and social media has really, I just feel like has, it has done, there, there's some good things about it, <coughs> excuse me, but there's a lot of things that I, that I don't like. And I think a lot of times it has set people up for failure because they'll look at someone and say, Oh, I want to be like that person. Well, that person's not even like that. So a lot of times the goals that we set for ourselves are unrealistic goals. And so I wanted people to be able to see that, you know what, these are people just like me that get up and go to work every day, have normal jobs, have normal lives, but they have been able to transform their lives. Um, the journeys are all different. I mean, there's, there's males in the book, there's females in the book. I have people from, from 40 years old to almost, you know, like almost 72. And everyone has a different story. Everyone has a different journey. Um, I wanted people to be able to see the struggles that happened. Even when I was writing this book, there was a lot going on in my life personally. There was a lot going on um, at my job and I was under a lot of stress, <coughs> excuse me. And even during, while I was writing the book, I went through a season of depression where I probably didn't work out for almost a month. And I was literally leaving work every day and going to the bakery and getting donuts. And I thought to myself, what a hypocrite you are. You're writing this book and you laying up here with donuts every day. But I even share that in the book because I wanted people to see, I've had a lot of people tell me, oh, you make it look so easy. It's not easy. It's a choice that I have to make every day. Just like, you know, I had someone tell me she was struggling with her eating. And she's, and I said, I said, the same discipline you apply to your life to live a life for the Lord is the same discipline you're going to apply to your life to take care of yourself. It's easy to be safe. It's not easy. To, I said, I, I beg your pardon. I said, it's not always easy to be safe. 
I said, you have to make a choice every single day. You have to wake up and say, okay, am I going to, you know, at, you know, live a life for God or am I going to live a life to satisfy the lust of my flesh? You have to make that choice daily. So it's the same choice that we have to make with our wellness. So that is really the inspiration um, for the book. Like I said, I just really wanted people to, to be able to see that, that there is hope that, you know, if you're struggling with, with high cholesterol, like that was one of the things that Cheryl was, was struggling with, um, that you can do some things and they don't have to be drastic things that you can change. Um, if you're struggling with diabetes or if you're struggling with, um, you know, food addiction, I mean, there are, there are just so many various journeys in here. And I love the fact that even some of the people, I know all the people, but I didn't really know how they got to where they were. I saw the transformation. And so even as I was interviewing people for the book, I was so impressed um, with some of the journeys and some of the things that people had faced because I didn't know. And so I was learning myself and it inspired me because you know a lot of times people say, oh, you inspire me so much, but someone has to inspire me too. And so even being able to, to interview these individuals to really hear about the struggles that they went through just inspired me all the more. And I just, I feel like it has allowed people to see that they're not alone because a lot of times we feel like it's just us. I'm the only one struggling with food addiction. I'm the only one struggling with this. And the truth of the matter is you're not. We, we all are struggling with something. And I just feel like we are empowered when we realize that, you know what, I, I'm not out here by myself. I'm not crazy. I'm not this island, you know, and, and everyone else is living this beautiful, wonderful life. Everyone is struggling with something, but at the same time, I can be victorious over that struggle. And everyone in this, in this book shared their struggles, but they also shared their victories. And that is really what um, I wanted people to see. The book, oh my gosh, it probably took me, it took me over a year to write it. Um, and then it was another year delayed in actually putting it out. Cheryl knows the book was supposed to come out in March of 2020, right before the pandemic. And I mean, literally you go from having all these years of freedoms and liberties and it's taken away from you in 48 hours. You can't leave your house. You can't do this. What are you talking about? What do you mean I can't leave my house? And I, Cheryl and Malika and I were getting ready to have this wellness uh, summit and I'm going to release, do a soft launch of the book. And I mean, it just the whole, I was like, you got to be kidding after all this. Now we're on lockdown. And I, and I didn't know, you know, we had never been through anything like that. So I didn't know, how do I release this book now? I have no idea. And then on top of that, I had, I was really just building my company, uh, my business up. So I had gotten up to about 14 clients in a matter of a month, I was down to four. So I'm like, okay, my income is almost gone. I've got a book that needs to be released. I have a website that's halfway finished and I barely have any money coming in. And so it was almost another year, it was actually more than a year um, to really kind of get everything done, had to, you know, go through and, and finish with the edit. So it really almost in total really took me um, two years to get the book done and get it printed and get it out. Um, and that was a whole, even a lesson for me because, you know, sometimes we have, we have plans and, and like Cheryl said, I am very structured and I have to be because my schedule is, is boom, 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 boom. So I have to be like this, this, this. And so in my mind, I'm like, okay, the book is going to come out on this day and then we're going to do this. And when it all, you know, kind of went <laughs> to the wayside, I was like, okay, 
And, but God really taught me something in that, in that well, the last two years is that sometimes you have to let go of what you think your life is going to look like. You have to let go of the plans that you have and allow time, allow God to do it his way. And so I really, it wasn't until I really kind of took my hands off of all the plans that Tony had. And I said, okay, God, you know what? I'm tired. I'm exhausted. You drive the car because I'm tired of trying to take the wheel from you. But it was in that moment that I began to see things come into place. And I was able to, to release the book, even though it wasn't the way I wanted to, but it still worked out. I did, I did, you know, released it basically virtually, basically just letting people know, hey, I've got this book out, you know. And I thank God that people were receptive, people responded, people bought the book. And like I said, people were, were I have friends that are texting me now that because of you, I'm working out, I'm, I'm watching what I eat, I've got my family working out. And that's really all that I wanted. It wasn't so much that I want to make X amount of dollars from this book. I wanted people's lives to be changed. I wanted people to know that it's never too late. I don't care where you are in life. I don't care how old you are, whatever you're dealing with health-wise, there's always a better version of yourself um, that, that is ready to come out. And so that was really one of the things that I wanted to, for people to just to get from the book is to realize that. Because a lot of times, you know, the world will put you in a box. You know, you're a certain age. Like I had somebody ask me, because I'm 62. They said, how long, how much longer do you think you can keep this up? Said, what are you talking about? Like it was a gimmick, like what I'm doing is a gimmick. And they said, I mean, you know, you training, you getting up at three in the morning. What I said, first of all, I said, this is, I'm doing this for life. This is, I'm doing this until I take my last breath. I said, this isn't a gimmick. I said, but, but what they were really alluding to was you're 62. You're really too old to be doing this. And I was just like, oh no, <laughs> you know, I was like, absolutely not. And I, you know, the world will put you in a box if you allow the world to put you in a box. And I just believe that, you know, listen, if we stop living, then we stop living. But as long as I keep moving and as long as I keep being a good steward over my body, I mean, I feel better now at 62 than I did at 26. Because at 26, I was partying, I was drinking, I was staying up all hours of the night. Now I'm going to bed at 7.30, night, night, phone's off, you know, but because I get up at three o'clock, but I, I feel amazing. And so, you know, it's just, I want to inspire people that people think, oh, well, you know, I'm 50, I'm 60. This is just the way it is. No, it's just the way it is because you've given up. But I want people to just be inspired. Don't give up no matter what. I don't care what the doctors tell you. I don't even care what runs in your family. I mean, I come from both sides of my family with high blood pressure on both sides of the family, diabetes on both sides of the family. So there's, there's I'm, I'm struggling because I know these things are out there. And I have to do everything that I can to make sure that I don't succumb to the things that I saw my aunts and my uncles and even my father um, succumb to. My dad died at 64, I'm 62. That, that makes no sense to me that he died so young, but he didn't take care of himself. And he ate a lot of meat, very little vegetables, very little fruit. The only exercise he got was working in construction, teaching Cheryl, Cheryl and I how to play tennis and bowling. But outside of that, you know, we really didn't have, um, growing up, we didn't have examples of, of, of anyone exercising. The only person that I ever saw working out was Cheryl's mother. She was the only black lady that I knew that worked out. And I just, when I would see her with the tennis shoes on, I said, where are you going? I'm going for a walk. Where are you walking to? I'm going to exercise. What is that? Because we didn't have those examples. But now, you know, we, I think we are more aware that in order for our health and wellness is not going to happen by chance. 
we have to be intentional about that. You know, we, we joke around and we can pray over food and say, oh Lord, rebuke the calories. He's not, you know what I'm saying? And so we have to be intentional, just like we are intentional about our walk with the Lord. We have to be intentional about our wellness journey as well and our health and wellness, because I, I believe that health and wellness is for everybody, just like I believe salvation is for everybody. It's not something that's just for me. It's not something that's just for Cheryl. It's for all of us. Um, and that doesn't mean that everyone is going to be a size two. That doesn't mean that everyone's going to look the same. It's not about that because sometimes I feel like we, we set unrealistic goals for ourselves. We say, I want to get to this weight or I want to be this size. What if your body can't get to that size? Be the best version of yourself that you can be. Don't compare yourself to someone else. Don't look at, well, I want to do what you do. What worked for me may not work for you. You may have to try different things, but if you just allow yourself to be your competition, don't look at what anyone else is doing, be the best version of you. That is, then you will always reach your goal because then you will, you can set a realistic goal and say, you know what, and maybe don't even make it so much about, about weight, but just say, you know what, I want to start walking three days a week, or I want to um, add more vegetables into my body. It, you know, it doesn't have to be something drastic or something that, that is unrealistic for you to achieve. If you set realistic goals for yourself, then you're not so disappointed because I have people say, oh, I want to be, you know, I want to lose 10 pounds in, in a crazy amount of time. I said, you're not, it's not going to happen. And if you lose 10 pounds in, in two weeks, you're just losing water. And once you have one meal, the weight's going to come um, right back on. So... I wanted to share with you though one of the several all the stories really um inspired me but i wanted to share just a little bit one of my doctor friends and i had no idea that she um went through this i knew that she had she had lost weight but she um was a medical doctor in nashville and what struck me about um her story was she talks about how she woke up one night with the head the headache woke her up and she said she's taught you know, they're taught in the medical industry that if you wake up, if a headache wakes you up, you are deathly ill. It's one thing to wake up with a headache, but it's one thing that the headache woke her up. She woke up about midnight, not trying to be too graphic, but she was projectile vomiting. She couldn't even bend her head to put her head down the toilet. So she was literally throwing up straight into the wall. She knew because she was a doctor that she was in trouble, but she still chose not to go to the hospital she went back to sleep. She actually got up and went to work that day. And she was throwing up in between patients. And finally, her staff said, you've, you've got to get your blood pressure checked. Her blood pressure was 210. She was, and she talks about how she gained weight during medical school because she really didn't notice it because she was wearing scrubs all the time. So it wasn't until she went to put some clothes on and under her clothes fit. And so it was, it was such a contrast because here she is studying to be a medical doctor, but yet and still she was ignoring her own health. She was ignoring the fact that, that she literally had a near-death experience with her blood pressure being 210. Um, she's 54 years old now. She has run 10 marathons. She's actually training for her 11th marathon. And her story just really inspired me because it's like she had all the tools to take care of herself. 
and yet she wasn't, wasn't utilizing them. And so now she has taken that and she comes from a family a history of high blood pressure, of um, cholesterol and, and other health issues. And almost everyone in her family is overweight. Almost everyone in her family is, has, you know, is on all types of medication, but she's been able to be consistent. She's been able to turn her life around. She's, she's changed her eating. Um, she's consistent with, with her workouts. And I just wanted to really share that with you because sometimes we feel like, oh, well, if I, if I know more, if I have this, she had everything. And it wasn't working for her because she wasn't applying it. So even sometimes having the tools, if you don't, it's like I tell people, I said, it's like having a car in your driveway, but you don't have the keys. What good is the car doing? You can't get in the car. You can't drive the car. You can sit there and look Oh, this car is so nice sitting in my driveway. I can't do anything with it. All of the stories have inspired me, to be honest with you. And I have actually gone through sometimes and, and will read different um, stories. I, I love Cheryl's story because she talked about how you know, she was successful in so many other areas. She, she was good at this, she was good at that, but this was the one area where she, she was struggling and she had tried so many different things and it just didn't um, work for her. And so I think it's important to know what your strengths are and to know what your weaknesses are. And if you need help, don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, you know, don't be, don't be embarrassed because at the end of the day, I'm telling you, None of us are, are living a perfect life. None of us are, are just have it all together. We may look like it on social media, but trust me, we have meltdowns <laughs> and things happen. Um, you know, and we, we are normal. We are just like everybody else. Uh, we have just tapped into something that is working for us and is helping us. And one of the things that I realized too, and, and, I, and I continue to realize this, is once I really started focusing on my health and my wellness and, and being disciplined in that area, every area of my life really came together. My, my spiritual life got better because at the end of the day, it is all discipline. And so when someone tells me, well, I, I, you know, I can do this and I can do that and I can do that, but I just can't stop eating. Well, I just, I, I, don't, I don't understand that because it's still, it's discipline. And so you bring that under subjection. We have authority over, over those, those things that we are struggling with. God has given us the power, you know, to be victorious in those areas. And so I realized that I saw improvement in my prayer life. I saw improvement in, in my in devotional time. I just, I saw improvement even in how, you know, I, like I had a friend, she said, we, we were somewhere and, and this man said something kind of, kind of rude. And I just looked at him and she said, oh my gosh, she says, where is, where is old Tony at? Cause old Tony would have went off on him. I saw she's still here. I said, but I said, I have, I'm at a point now though, that I don't show up to every argument that I'm invited to. And I had a choice in that moment. I said, now I could say something to him or I could just, I just, I gave him a look to let him know I didn't like what you said. And I said, now there are times where if I have to, I have to say something, I will. But even in that, I have learned sometimes, you know what, you don't have to always have the last word. You don't have to say everything that's on your mind. Sometimes just keep some stuff to yourself, be quiet. And so those disciplines that I applied in my health and wellness have really spilled over into every area of my life. And so I just, God has allowed me to see how it's not just about looking a certain way or feeling a certain way or being a certain size, but it's also, and I feel like at our age, it's also about our longevity and our mobility. It's not so much about being a size two. It's not so much about having the washboard ad. Listen, we're 62. We're going to have some stuff hanging on us and some loose things and whatever. But it's, I want to be able, like I told someone, I said, I want to be able to get in and out of the car without my nieces and nephews having to help me. I want to be able to get up a flight of stairs. I want to be able to get down the floor and be able to get back up. Sometimes the, the things that I'm looking for 
are not so much visible, but they're the invisible things. I want to be able to sleep better. I want to be able to feel better about myself and feel like I have control over my life. I have control over the food and the food does not have control over me. So those are all the things that really that were my goal just for this book is just to help people realize that, you know what, no matter where you are, no matter what your struggle is, you can make a change for the better. What are some of the things that that um, challenge people when they start to just kind of get healthy and they realize I can't do it on my own? What do I need to learn? I mean, I think there's a few things that one of the things is, is just even starting because sometimes people are well, tomorrow, 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 you've got to start somewhere. And so you, even if it's just small, you said something key, really, we, a lot of times we feel like, because I'll ask people, they'll say, well, I re, re, eat healthy. I said, okay, well, keep your food diet for three, three days and send it to me. A lot of times we think we're eating really good and we are not. I can't stress this enough. Read, read, read read food labels, read nutritional information. If you're in doubt, I'm between Google, Google will tell you everything you know. I said, if Jesus is between Jesus and Google, if you can't find it out, then it's not out there. But seriously, you can Google, I mean, and find out, know what is in your food. Because a lot of times we think we're eating healthy. I have people say, oh, I had a salad. They send me what, what kind of salad do you have? And then I look at it, I'm like, okay, it had, the salad had 3,000 calories and 2,500 milligrams of sodium. You could have had a hamburger and french fries. That was not a salad. That was basically a sandwich without bread. It's like, so a lot of times we feel like, oh, well, I'm eating healthy. And I had one of my clients, she said, she, her, I said, my blood pressure is high. I don't know why it's so high. I said, I said, send me what you've been eating. Well, she was getting this salad from Chick-fil-A with the fried chicken and the, this. I said, honey, Honey, that's not a salad. That's a sandwich without bread. And it had almost 3,000 milligrams of sodium. You know, so read. I mean, even like if you know you're going to a restaurant, you can almost every restaurant now from fast food to five star has their menu online and they have the nutritional information. So I, if I know I'm going to a certain restaurant, I go online before I go and I look, what are my options? Because what I don't want to do is get there and go, oh my God, end up getting something that I'm mortified with later on that I can't believe I ate that. So first arm yourself with information because the more you know, the better choices you'll be able to make. If you think you're eating something healthy and you're not really sure, research it and, and find out and, and just start there. Just start arming yourself with knowledge. Start arming yourself with information. Read food labels. If you have to spend an extra 30 minutes in the grocery store, do it because you would be surprised at when I had to start really focusing on my sodium intake, when my doctor diagnosed me with high blood pressure and I was a vegetarian and hadn't had meat in years. And I was upset because I was like, I could have been eating fried chicken all this time. And here I am, you know, but it runs on both sides of my family. But what I realized was a lot of the vegetarian stuff I was eating was high in sodium. I wasn't reading. And so once I started reading and really started arming myself with information, I was able to make better choices. I was mortified to find the sodiums in everything, even yogurt and almond milk. I was like, Lord, what can we eat? Celery? I mean, like, it's just when you really start looking at how much sodium is in different foods, even from bread to cereal, some of these cereals have three to 500 milligrams of sodium for a cup. And then you're going to add the milk on top of that. If I'm going to have sodium, I'd rather have some fries. That cereal would not be my first choice for sodium. I'm like, where are the fries at? 
But the more information you know, the better choices that, that you can make. And, and, you know, you can still enjoy your food, but you've just got to know what your options are. So I would just say, start there. Start there with arming yourself with information. Stress eating and, and what I like to say is, is sometimes is, is using food as therapy. Um, and you have to realize that food is never going to be therapy. And so whatever you're dealing with, whether, whether it's, you know, something going on in your household or just something personally, um, you have to, like I had told you earlier the other day, we were talking about it. Sometimes, you know, I used to be a stress eater and I would turn to food to comfort myself, especially sugar and cakes and pies and chips or whatever. And God really actually showed me one time that, you know, he said, he said, you keep turning to food or you keep turning to your pantry. He said, when, and I realized it's like, you need to be turning to me, you need to be turning to God, whether it's, it's talking to him about what I'm going through, whether it's, it, you know, praying. And so I had to learn, you know, that like, so I asked myself now when I'm feeling a certain way and I want something or I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go get a cookie. I'm gonna go this. I'm like, okay, are you hungry? Are you bored? Are you sad? Are you depressed? What are you feeling in this moment? Because what I realized was when I was turning to food, then I would, I would let's say, for example, I had a cupcake. Okay, I eat the cupcake. My problem is still there. Now I got another problem. Now I ate, because I, and see, here's the thing. I never just had a cupcake. It was probably cupcakes. So, you know, it, it, I was the type of person that if I had donuts, I was having donuts. I don't know how to buy a box of donuts and have a donut and let the other 11 sit there. If I know they're there, we're going to be together. And so it's like, I'm going to keep eating the donuts until the donuts are gone. And so I had to really start kind of shifting that. And when I'm feeling something, if I'm feeling stressed out, if I'm feeling tired, sometimes too, it was just, you're thirsty, you're dehydrated, drink some water first. My mother used to tell me when I would be little, I'd be, oh, I'm hungry. Well, have an apple. I don't want an apple. I want a cookie. She said, well, if you're not hungry enough to eat an apple, then you're not hungry. So if you're not hungry enough to eat something healthy, like an apple or banana, some, you know, maybe some carrots and some hummus, if that donut is it, you got to ask yourself, why do I want that donut? And what problem is that donut going to solve? And what happens is a lot of times I was talking to a client because she's really been battling with, with food addiction and she gets herself in this vortex where she's, she's depressed about certain things that haven't transpired in her life. And then she um, would in turn eat. Then she's upset because the food won and she didn't win. So she just keeps herself in this cycle. And we were going back and forth one day texting and she kept saying, oh, she didn't feel good. And this is her stomach and, and this. And I'm thinking, oh, she's got the flu. And finally, I literally, the Lord said, ask her what she had to eat. I said, what did you eat today? Emotional eating can really lead to other problems down the road. And so that's why it's so important for us to get control of it. When I first really started kind of honing in on my, on my, um, my health and wellness, I literally prayed and asked God to help me to crave things that are good for me because I didn't crave things that were good for me. I, want, I wanted cakes and pies. My mother, um, we had a cake or a pie at our house every week. It wasn't just Christmas. My mother loved to bake. And so we either had a homemade caramel cake we had a German chocolate cake. We had a lemon meringue pie. We had a peach cobbler. We, I mean, every single week, this is there was some kind of dessert in our house. And that's how I grew up. And so when I got older, I had to pray. I said, God, help me to start craving things that are good for me. And I, you know, I kind of did it almost like, let me see if he's what he's gonna do. 
And I started craving carrots and I would crave carrots for a month and it would change the cellular. And I thought, okay, you, you got jokes, God, you really, you really did answer this prayer. But to this day, I still find myself, I love vegetables. I love fruit. I couldn't say that about myself, you know, 30 years ago. I loved cakes and pies. Don't get me wrong. I still love cakes and pies, but I know how to have a piece of cake and walk away versus having the entire cake. Um, so I can't stress that enough too. If you're struggling with something, pray about it. We pray about everything else. You know, we pray about, about our family members. We pray about a job, a car, a boo or whatever. Pray about your health and wellness. If you're struggling with, if you have an area that's really a hard area for you, lay that at God's feet and watch God work because he truly does care about every area of our life. It's not enough. He wants us to prosper spiritually and physically. And so that's one thing that I have learned. I have really learned to involve God on this journey with me. I pray and ask God every day, give me the strength and the mindset to work out and be a good steward over, over this body. And so by being a good steward over this body means that I have to really be intentional about what I'm putting in it. Because one thing God, God told me, I, I have had the privilege of travel many places. And I uh, was in London, Buckingham Palace, and I, I've seen all these beautiful buildings. And God told me one day, he said, all these, these monuments that you've been to, he said, did you notice that he said, there's something that, that they all have in common. He said, there's no trash around them. These are, these are temples. He said, but my people throw trash in, in their body, which is my temple. He said, you don't see trash at Buckingham Palace. It's spotless. He said, but my people week after week continue to trash their bodies, which is the temple of God. And so we have to really think about that, that, that you know, we are, we are joined to God and, and his spirit lives in us. So what we put inside of us matters physically and spiritually. We are called to be good stewards over this body. And so, and that is not just the spiritual aspect, that is also the physical aspect. And the two really do go hand in hand. Because if you can get the discipline in the, in the physical, the spiritual is going to be a lot easier. Not saying that you're not going to struggle. There are days that I, I want to just let it all go and get a bucket of chicken and say that heck with it. <laughs> go to the beach with a bucket of chicken and call it a day. But then I also know that if I do that, there's a good chance. I'm going to end up in the hospital somewhere, or I'm going to end up on medication that I don't want to be on, you know? So it's like, eh, all right, maybe we'll wait on the bucket of chicken and not make it happen. <laughs> so, and so you have to make that a priority because when people say, oh, I don't have time to work out, but I see you on Facebook all day. You got time for something. <laughs> you know, so we have to, but we have to, we make time for what's important to us and our health and wellness has to be important to us you know it's, it's just like i said 30 it could be 30 minutes a day three or four times a week that's it it doesn't have to be hours and hours you know in the gym you don't have to go to extremes but just even a walk is why tell people walking is free if you don't have you know want to join a gym or can't afford it or whatever walking is always free you can just go right out your front door and and, and walk a couple miles and be done with it just have, get some good tennis shoes and make sure that you got good support but there's always a way around it um there's always something more that we, that we could be doing. So just want to encourage you to just really to make, to stay consistent. And then the, one of the keys is just to really is to make it a part of your day, make it a part of your weekly schedule. You know, if you've got, you know, we listen, we, we keep our hair appointments and our nail appointments and everything else. Keep your appointment with yourself. Before and I let you go, Tony, how can people reach you if they want to reach out to you? Um, kind of let us know i know you're your instagram i know you're on internet just kind of walk through so the my, ways my uh, website is true faith fitness it's t-r-u 
Faith Fitness. That's all one word. There's no E on that. Um, and you can actually email me there. Um, I'm on Instagram under T Class and the number one. And then I'm also on Facebook under Tony T Class Lewis. Um, I also have a business page on, on Facebook. Um, but the website or, or um, um, Instagram is always is always the, the easiest. They both, they all come to my phone. So, you know, and if anyone has any questions uh, um, about food or nutrition or anything like that, I'm, all, I'm always happy to help. Um, I just feel like the more information people have, the better decisions and choices they can make for themselves. And don't, you know, just don't, don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to make some changes. Tony writes this at the, in the end of her book. She says, it, it is my sincere hope that you've been inspired by the journey shared in this book, whether you need to shed a few pounds, be in better health, or simply become more active. I hope these stories have helped you to rid yourself of the excuses that, you, that held you back for so long. And one of the reasons why I encourage everyone to get out and read the book. Tony, thank you. I really do appreciate it. And just God bless you all. And I just pray that God will just bless each and every one of you in everything that you set out to do. And whatever you're struggling with, I just believe that God is going to give you the strength to be victorious over that. If what we talked about today resonated with you, then I invite you to read Seven Keys to Awaken the Kingdom of Heaven Within. The book I wrote is designed to take you on a journey of self-discovery and spiritual renewal. It comes together with a journal, and it's available exclusively at CherylNaomiDavis.com.